Imagine if you could overhear private, unfiltered conversations between the world's most influential and inspirational women. Now you can. Welcome to Leadership Global, where you'll hear from inspiring leaders who will help you define your vision, grow your leadership, expand your influence, and increase your impact to leave a lasting legacy. Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's Lead Hership Global Program. I'm so excited to welcome all of you to today's conversation with Shelley Brunswick, keynote speaker, TEDx speaker, and the Chief Operating Officer of Space Foundation. Today, I'll be speaking with Shelley about investing in space innovation as the key to solving our greatest challenges here on Earth. Did you know that virtually every community, infrastructure, and aspect of modern life is profoundly reliant on or affected by space technology? Investing in space innovation is the key to solving our greatest challenges here on Earth. In fact, space is driving the era of access and opportunity. As history has shown, when we create more access, we create more opportunity for people, jobs, research, and innovation, both in space exploration as space to earth industry. Today, Shelley Brunswick, the Chief Operating Officer of the Space Foundation, will discuss the growing opportunities for space technology innovation in the $447 billion space economy and the importance of global collaboration in space. By prioritizing workforce and education initiatives and establishing norms of behavior to work together peacefully in space, we can drive unprecedented advancement innovation all around the world. With more than 80% of business opportunities in the space sector generated from commercial enterprises and the vibrant supply chain that relies on entrepreneurs and small businesses to contribute new products, new services, this is the time of incredible excitement and advancement. The space industry needs an inclusive and diverse workforce so everyone in all skill sets STEM and non-STEM can pursue studies, jobs, careers, and business ventures. Advocating for space technology innovation and entrepreneurship, Shelley collaborates with commercial, government, and educational sectors all around the globe on initiatives for space commerce, for young professionals, for teacher development, and space-inspired curriculum. Join in as we dive into this incredibly fascinating conversation. Shelly, thank you so much for being here. I am so excited to welcome you to today's program. Your topic is so incredible. It's so unique. And you have such a defining voice in space innovation as a woman in leadership. 
I got to tell you that honestly, you are my personal hero. And I think you are also the hero and inspiration to so many women around the world who are interested in understanding more about space exploration, space innovation, and your role as a woman in leadership in one of the leading space innovation incubators in the world. So what began this journey for you? Tell us a little bit about your journey and what started this interest, this passion you have for space and space innovation. Well, thank you so much, Linda. I'm so honored to be joining you today. And it's such a fun topic to talk about space and talk about career paths into the space industry. So I'll share with our listeners, you know, when we think back 60 years ago, when President Kennedy gave his address, we will put a man on the moon and return him safely to Earth. That was a very different workforce. We think about white males with pencil protectors and glasses working at NASA. They were all scientists, engineers, mathematics, um, you know, the STEM professions. But we're also now looking 60 years later to a very diverse workforce. We're looking at men and women, all ages, regions of the world, and career paths. We still need those STEM professionals, but we also need individuals working in the supply chain and manufacturing and welders. So we need individuals that can come right out of high school with an internship or an apprenticeship program all the way to PhDs. And so that's what's so really fun about the space industry is that I've been able to kind of see it transform in my 30 years. Yes, I bet you have seen so much change in space innovation, space exploration, as you said, workforce diversity, even in the space industry. So as a woman in leadership, how have you seen that change to where the workforce has been more gender balanced and the workforce has allowed for women to rise to the top of leadership, even within space innovation. And tell us a little bit about your career trajectory too, Shelley. So just a little bit about my background. I always say I have three chapters in my journey. So my first chapter is I enlisted in the Air Force right out of high school. I didn't know what I wanted to do. I didn't have college money and I wanted to learn a skill. So jumping right in the military was really beneficial. Um, I learned a skill. I got some tuition assistance. But one of the things I share with your audience is I took advantage of things that the military offered. And one of them was tuition assistance. So I was able to go to school at night and complete my college education, both my bachelor's and my master's degree, which allowed me to apply to become an officer in the Air Force. So there's a little story with that, but eventually I was successful in that application process and I was classified as space acquisition officer. And I'm not really sure what that is, or I wasn't at the time, and I don't think anybody else was. I really wanted to keep doing personnel because that's what I was, a personnel person. But that decision that the Air Force made to put me in the space industry changed my career, my, projector, my, my trajectory, and led me to where I am today. So I also share with the audience, don't fear the unknown. You know, the world is changing so quickly. Technology is advancing. New jobs are being created. Jobs are being changed. Jobs will go away. Be open to those new opportunities. And then I'm now in my third chapter. When I retired off Capitol Hill, I was in the Air Force, working on Capitol Hill as a budget appropriations liaison for the Air Force, I retired and thought I was going to stay in D.C., but this wonderful opportunity at Space Foundation to come be the chief operating officer presented itself, and throughout my career, I had done all the things that made me a very viable candidate. So every day, you may not 
accomplish this, but every day you may accomplish this. And slowly you're building your toolkit so that when the time comes, you're able to step into that opportunity. So that's a little bit about my journey. And I'm just fortunate that I entered the space industry through a somewhat traditional means coming in through the military, but I am not a traditional space person because I do not have a STEM degree. I have a business background. And obviously over the last 30 years, we need more people with business. We have more entrepreneurs. We look at Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos, but there's people all over the world that are commercializing space technology and making our lives better. Absolutely, Shelley. You're absolutely right. And I love that you divide your very long, stellar, incredibly inspirational career in three chapters. So there are really three chapters that you identified in your career. And I'm sure along the way, you probably had the benefit of mentors that helped shape and guide the next chapter of your career. Can you talk a little bit about how others around you lifted you up, cheered you on, championed you, but also maybe opened up doors that you didn't even know existed to help you think about possibilities differently? So that is a wonderful question. I, I believe that there's a thing called mentors, champions, and coaches. And a mentor is someone who helps you maybe with one skill area. So if it's a baseball team, a mentor could be somebody who helps you with your batting game. A coach is similar to the baseball coach. They help you maybe be an all-around good player, all-around good leadership, all-around good business person. And then a champion could be somebody several levels above you that can help position you into the next step of your journey. And I have been fortunate to have all of those. You know, when I applied to become an officer, when I was enlisted in that first chapter of my story, I had mentors who helped me and wrote letters of recommendation so I could eventually become an officer. And then when I was an officer, I was that space program manager. You know, I was looking at creating new programs for launch vehicles, so for rockets, for satellites, for ground segments. But I had the opportunity to go to Washington, D.C. and work in that space community. But one night, I got out from behind my desk and went to a special reception that was being held for the Air Force um, acquisition community, those program managers that oversee the program development in the Air Force. I looked around. Nobody else in my office wanted to go. So I went by myself. And sometimes that's scary. So I'm going by myself. I've never been to this. And at that event, was my boss's boss's boss. And a couple of weeks ago, I had volunteered to fill in as his executive assistant because that person wanted to take some vacation. So he knew who I was and I had volunteered. So volunteering is always important. Volunteer for those hard tasks. And he was there at the, at the event and I kind of slowly said hello to everybody and I made my way over to him. And at that moment, he was talking to another gentleman and that gentleman was telling him how he had just gotten a new assignment from the Air Force that he had been working on Capitol Hill and now he was going to move and that my boss's boss's boss was going to need to find a replacement. And so when I made my way over, that conversation was happening. And when I, of course, said, hello, sir, how are you? And he's like, well, what are you doing? And I made a comment. Oh, I'm waiting for you to move me to the next step, you know? And he kind of looked at the other person and he looked at me and he was like, how would you like to be a legislative liaison? So of course I was like, yay. And that, he didn't give me the job, but what he did give me was the opportunity to interview for that job. And although I was imminently qualified, had I stayed back in the office 
behind my desk, doing my thing, which many times women do. We work really hard, but we don't realize the importance of getting out from behind our desk. And so he gave me the opportunity to interview for that job. I did secure it, and I then became a congressional budget appropriation liaison for the Air Force to Congress for five years. It was an amazing experience. It changed the course of my trajectory as well because I learned all about budget and appropriations. I learned about Capitol Hill. I learned about stakeholders and bringing people to the table and you know, sharing the vision so that you can eventually get the funding to support the program. So it was an amazing experience. So for your audience, remember, it's also about getting out from behind your desk. I love that, Shelley. I have to say, I am in such alignment with your advice and guidance to get out, to meet people, to network, to really extend yourself, to raise your visibility, extend your influence, share your thought leadership, and always be on the hunt for the next possibility the new opportunity, the way that you may be able to advance your thought leadership, your skill development in ways that you may not even be thinking about right now. All of those opportunities come through relationship. All those opportunities come through connection with others. So thank you so much for reiterating that. Now, when you think about your own development, skill development, one of the things you said is, as you went through these three chapters of your career, in every single chapter, you were building the skills for the next one. You were preparing yourself, even though you didn't know what that next chapter would be, you were always preparing yourself for the next role, the next advancement, the next opportunity. So how does someone begin to start seeing that opportunity around them to say, I don't know if my next role will be a COO. I don't know if my next role will be a CPO. But regardless, I'm going to learn the skills so I am a viable candidate for whatever opportunity comes down the road. How do you begin thinking about work development in that way? That's a fantastic question. And I have a five-step workforce development roadmap. It's awareness, access, training, connecting, and mentoring. First, you have to be aware there's an opportunity. And what I say is, There's opportunity for everyone in the space industry, but they have to listen to programs like yours or they have to go to the NASA website. So you have to be aware that there's opportunity. Two, you have to find an access point. So one of them is listening to your wonderful programs, leadership, networking with like-minded individuals, you know, going to that NASA website, coming to programs, uh, finding that access point. Then you do need training. And I believe in being a lifelong learner. I'm learning all the time. I'm even taking a public speaking course now. So always be improving your skill set. And it could be formal education, you know, going to a university, could be informal, could be watching webinars. I love some of the like Bloomberg 1.0 interviews with CEOs. So there's lots of ways to do training. And then the fourth one, you and I've talked about a lot, that connecting. Find like-minded organizations. And you can go in person as well as virtually now in the digital world we live in. Leadership is a great example of finding like-minded organizations. You can also, if you're interested in that space industry, Women Tech Network, Space Generation Advisory Council, Women in Aerospace. There are so many organizations you can find and start building relationships and finding like-minded individuals to support you. And then fifth, just like we said, mentorship. If you can find a mentor, you can overcome the other the other challenges. And many times, if you join those organizations, I know like uh, Women Tech Network, Space Generation Advisory Council, Women in Aerospace, all have mentoring programs. So there's great ways to find mentors. And although the names may have women in them, 
like Women Tech Network or the UN Space for Women, they are open to men and women. And we need men to be mentors for women because the only way we're going to get more women into the space industry, the aerospace industry, uh, the other industries that could be primarily male dominated is men have to be part of the solution. So this isn't about excluding anyone from the table. This is about being inclusive. We need 100% of humanity to get us to Mars, not excluding anyone. Let's bring everyone to the table. I love that, Shelly. Thank you. And I'm so grateful to hear about uh, definitely advancing the success of women and ensuring that they have a voice at the table, but creating gender-balanced opportunities for conversation, for support, for advocacy, for championship. I love that because it is going to take all of us working together, no matter if you identify as a male, as a female, or somewhere in between. It takes all of us working together in order to accomplish the big goals that we've all set through the UN. The UN sustainable goals are phenomenal moonshot opportunities for us to change the trajectory of humanity. So talk to us a little bit about how you see what you're doing playing into the UN's goals, and then talk a little bit about how you help develop other women in a male-dominated field, a historically male-dominated field. What do you do to lift up women within that um, arena? Fantastic. So one of those uh, SDGs I definitely support is bringing more women and girls into the space ecosystem. And I do that in partnership uh, as the U United Nations Office of Outer Space Affairs Space for Women program. There's 54 mentors worldwide, and we're in all kinds of diversity skill sets, backgrounds, regions. And so you can talk to somebody who's entrepreneurial focused or leadership focused and find someone. The other area I look at is how do we uh, look at education? So the Space Foundation, where I work now, is a 501c3 for education, K through 12. How do we bring space-inspired curriculum into the classroom, provide teacher training, so we can help highlight career paths into the space industry that creates more equity for all? So we're really passionate about the education. We can think about climate change and sustainability. Uh, when we think about space technology, you could go to the NASA Technology Transfer Office. There are thousands of patents waiting to be commercialized, and many of them help solve our sustainability and climate change challenges. There's some for how to grow food in austere environments, like vertical growing food without dirt. We could then grow food in cities closer to food to table, in cities closer to individuals who may not have access to fresh fruits and vegetables, in cities to lower the cost of transportation. So NASA has food growing technology, clean water, cleaner air. Um, you know, my husband's a retired firefighter. So one of my favorite technologies is fire retardant clothing. You know, when he ran into burning buildings, he had fire retardant clothing, came from the Apollo program. So there's a myriad of ways that SDGs through the space industry, whether it's bringing more women and girls into space, creating more educational programs to create more diversity and inclusion in space, as well as looking at unlocking that technology to solve our challenges for climate change and sustainability. Oh, that is just so inspiring, Shelley. Thank you so much. Now, one last question till we get to our wrap up. And this really has to do with 
your own leadership journey. So as we noted, you are a incredibly strong, vibrant voice in space innovation and in space technology and space education. And again, this is a traditionally male dominated industry, very STEM heavy. And interestingly, you have been able to rise through the ranks, diversify your career, have access to phenomenal opportunities for growth and advancement. You've been able to very seamlessly raise your profile, extend your influence. You are a household name and you are a hero to so many young women around the world. So tell us a little bit about what is it about your leadership journey? What is it about your leadership skills that allowed you to work so well with men in a place where maybe women were unique and different and maybe not as easily accepted? So what did you do to create harmony and create a really high-performing team where being a woman might have been a little bit different? So I'll share with you that in the military, I never really noticed that I was a woman, but I did have people tell me, wow, what's it like being the only woman in the room? And, you know, you kind of look around and go, hmm, I didn't really notice that. So what it shared with you is uh, in the military, I was treated as an equal based on my experience and my expertise as a project manager and a program management leader. And then as I continued to develop my skills, you know, going on to training, taking leadership courses, uh, networking with others, listening to mentors, I learned to become a servant leader, which is really about how do I listen to others and how do I help them accomplish their goals while accomplishing the overall goals. And we can really see how important that is during COVID. Uh, we have seen a mass exodus from the workforce. So the space industry was already challenged for finding great talent before the COVID, but now during COVID, we've seen a great exodus and people are not coming back to the space industry or coming back to the workforce. So we're even having more problems hiring in the space industry because I think we as society really have to reevaluate the leadership style that uh, being inclusive, listening, being empathetic, uh, empowering, being that servant leader. And again, I share with you emotional intelligence is probably one of the best skills I learned. Uh, I didn't always have that. I'm just going to, and some days I don't always have that, right? We all have triggers. So I'm going to be honest with your audience. I'm authentic. I have my moments. Um, but emotional intelligence is one of the best skills that will help anybody develop their leadership journey because it teaches you how to understand yourself and what triggers you, how to overcome that. And then how do you want to interact with others and be seen by others? And I'll share with you that, I, I'm giving a commencement address and I interviewed some of the students that are going to be graduating. And one of them shared with me that he had imposter syndrome. And I'm sure, Linda, you hear this term a lot with women or other underrepresented groups. But I really wonder if imposter syndrome really exists because I asked my husband, do you know what imposter syndrome is? And he goes, I've never heard that. He doesn't have it, right? So I really wonder if imposter syndrome is the lack of leadership training for underrepresented groups, K through 12, um, because they're already missing out on a lot of the classes that help them be um, successful in college because maybe they're in rural communities or inner city. But we're also thinking about leadership. They're probably not getting the right leadership foundations, K through 12, from a debate team, from being the captain of the football team, 
from being involved in rocket clubs. If you don't have access to those things, it can be hard to develop leadership skills. And so Linda, I look forward to exploring this topic with you more, maybe writing a few papers on if we were able to bring leadership training into K through 12 and provide that curriculum to teachers, would we be able to help more underrepresented students be more confident coming out of high school, know that they can do it, even if they don't have all the skills, they can figure it out and we can help eliminate imposter syndrome. I love that, Shelly. Wow, what an inspirational vision. That is beautiful. I would love to do away with the idea of imposter syndrome. Now, last question to wrap us up, and this is a question we ask all of our guests, and that's about your own leadership journey advice. I'm sure that through your illustrious career, you were blessed with people who gave you great input, incredible advice that really changed the trajectory of your career. So what is the leadership advice that you've received that you'd like to share with our audience? I received the best advice when I went to work on Capitol Hill, and it was, Life is all about relationships. And as we all know, it's about building and maintaining relationships. I got the job at Space Foundation. Yes, I had to apply. But the reason I even found out about the job is I was telling people I was retiring from the Air Force and somebody sent me the job announcement. So you have to still have the toolkit, but you have to build and maintain those relationships. And I've grown a huge uh, relationship network throughout my 30 years in the space industry. And it takes time. You don't go to a room and network with 30 people. Maybe you go to a room and connect with one person and then you have Zoom coffee and you build that relationship over time. Best lesson I ever learned. And I share that with your audience. Build your relationships because life is all about relationships. What a wonderful way to wrap up our show today. I am so grateful for you, Shelley Brunswick. Thank you so much for sharing your expertise, for so generously sharing your insight, for um, really blazing a trail for so many other women and so many other young girls. I am grateful to you and I feel honored to be able to call you a colleague, a friend, and a partner in this journey. Thank you so much for your time being with us today. It's my pleasure. I look forward to collaborating with you. And together, we're going to start writing those articles on breaking down, you know, imposter syndrome and getting leadership into K through 12. So I look forward to partnering with you because it is all about relationships. We can only change the world by working together. And I'm so honored and grateful to work with you. Thank you. Thank you for joining Leadership Global's award-winning podcast. As a member of Leadership Global, you have the opportunity to meet inspirational leaders, create lifelong friendships, and be surrounded by others who are invested in your success. Join our global community of inspiring women in leadership, women who will help you create greater levels of impact, support your personal and professional breakthroughs, and help you accelerate your success. Don't miss out on the opportunity to show up, speak up, and step up in your professional and your personal life. Find out how you can join us at leadhershipglobal.com.
This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.